Uh, and so for today's scripture, it will be on Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. And so uh, if we were all together, we'd be reading off kind of line by line. But uh, because this is um, a virtual sermon, I'll be reading off uh, the whole sermon. But I would encourage you, uh, for those at home, to uh, see the scripture for yourselves um, through the Bible, uh, through an app. And it will also be up here, I believe, as well. And so, yeah, uh, let's read through that together. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The word of God, oh, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Uh, so the title uh, for today's uh, sermon is uh, Thriving in the Pandemic, Revisiting Our Convictions. And so I think to start, uh, when I think of people uh, who have strong conviction, often they're the heroes, there are um, different characters, whether real uh, or fantasy. And one of the people that I think of uh, is um, in the anime or the manga Naruto, right? And so why are we starting off with this? Uh, so in Naruto, there's a character named Rock Lee. And um, there's mainly three different forms of fighting. Uh, he is not very good at two of them. And so for him, his conviction is that he still wants to be the best and that he will work hard and no one will outwork him. And so he gives all this training, all he can to that one fighting form. Um, and uh, I mean, he becomes great at it. And you know, he, does, he goes through these insane... Uh, methods of training to develop his physical fighting capacity. And uh, one of the ways that this is shown is in uh, his first kind of big battle. Um, he's, it turns out he's wearing weights the whole time, and so it's this cool, dramatic scene where like the weights drop and like the grounds explode with the weight of it. Um, and that's his conviction to work hard. But you also see his conviction at the end of the battle when he loses. Um, and so uh, he's defeated, but then he gets up in this, like, in this sort of fighting stance, uh, and then you find out that he's actually unconscious. Right? But his, his, his conviction uh, to live out, to be the best, to not be outworked, uh, is so strong that even in his unconsciousness, he's still in a form where he's ready to fight. And he's still in this form where he wants to continue. Right? Or another uh, group of people with whom I think I think of when I think of conviction is in church history, uh, about 500 years ago, uh, there was a movement called the Reformation, where you had these men and women of God who were so convicted uh, by what they saw to be the truth and what they saw to be uh, the lack of practice, I guess, uh, that was going on in the predominantly uh, Catholic church, that they risked their lives to fight for this truth. Um, for, yeah, to fight for this truth, and many of them did end up losing their lives because of it. But from this movement, really, it just changed the course of Western Christianity forever. And much of the churches, for all of us who are not Catholic, who practice Christianity, um, will generally be able to find some sort of root that comes from the Reformation. And this happened because we had people who were filled with the conviction, this, this firmly held belief or opinion, and they acted on it. And so there are the heroes that we have. But I think when we only think of conviction in these big and in these grand ways, we risk thinking of them as only unobtainable things for like the holy or the elite. Um, and we, we neglect kind of uh, thinking and reflecting about it ourselves, right? What are the convictions that God has given to us in, our li- in my life, in our lives? And so the one thing for today's sermon, if you don't remember anything else, um, please just remember this, and it's part, of the actual, it's part of the sermon description. 
when we revisit and check the foundations of our faith, it will help us to assist and determine how we live out our convictions. And so, um, with that, uh, let's get into the passage again. And so, I want to focus on this passage first, because there are similar principles with, uh, with foundations, with convictions, but as it doesn't explicitly talk about conviction, I want to make sure that I give this passage its proper uh, attention and be able to pay good attention to it and flesh it out well. Uh, and so, for some context on this passage, it's the last uh, sort of section of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus's, uh, known to be his greatest or his most famous sermon. And there is an abundance of resources, sermons. Um, Pastor Steve has preached uh, a whole series on it before. It's this great thing. And this passage comes at the end, uh, where it's a culmination of three fairly similar teachings. You have um, this teaching that you will know a tree by its fruit. Uh, there's also this teaching that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And this is kind of like the final grouping of that. If you hear my words and do it, then your foundation will stand. But if you hear my words and you don't do it, then your foundation will fall. And so as we get into these passages, what do we see? Um, Please feel free to be amazed by my wondrous uh, artistic expression. So you have two houses, right? And we have no reason to believe that they were built any differently. Um, Likely, it's a very similar-looking house built with similar materials, similar styles. There's nothing that says one was greater than the other. We also see that uh, there were the same trials that came to both of them. There was the rain that fell, there were the floods that came, and there were the winds that uh, blew and beat upon the house. The main difference right, between these two is the foundation. The one on the rock didn't fall, and the one on the sand did. Which leads us to our first point. What is the foundation of your faith or our faith? And so, I'm actually quite ignorant of what a foundation actually is. I've heard a lot, but I actually don't know about it. And so, I did a little bit of research to kind of figure it out. And it turns out a foundation is, a definition of it is a basis upon which something stands or is supported. Uh, And in our modern context today, uh, generally foundations do three things for a home. It, uh, It supports the above structure, it keeps out the groundwater, and it acts as a barrier to water and soil vapor. Right? And so what are some ways that we can visually see what a foundation looks like? So here are three common types. You have the slab, which is kind of like you know, uh, a main big sheet of rock that's well-supported. Uh, you have a cross space where there's a little bit of room in between for utilities, um, for different things, as well as for insulation. And then you have a basement. I actually didn't know that a basement was a form of foundation, but now that I think about it, it makes sense. Right? It's like an eight-foot wall of concrete on the ground supporting the house. And so with this uh, fantastic... Uh, description of what a foundation is, right? then how does this apply to this sermon? Well, again, we have to ask ourselves, what is the foundation of your faith? Maybe some of you at home are like, Scripture, Jesus. And you're absolutely correct. Right? Uh, these are Sunday school answers, uh, but like all Sunday school answers, they're there for a reason. They kind of simply explain and answer a question um, technically correct. But like all Sunday school answers, I feel like there's more that we can delve into. And so I think uh, oftentimes we think of, yeah, Bible and Jesus, that's our foundation, right? But it's kind of, I would say it's more kind of like the concrete, right, for the foundation. Because you can say Bible and Jesus, but if you just pour a bunch of concrete somewhere, and it's like, oh, that's my foundation, there's nothing that structures it, there's nothing that kind of forms it, shapes it, then, you know, you're just kind of left with this blob of material that, does it serve a purpose? Yeah, but not the best that it can. 
And so spiritually, right, what are some of the things that kind of help act as the structure, right, for our foundation? Uh, perhaps it's things that we've learned personally from parents. Perhaps it's things that we've learned uh, from our pastors. It's things directly right, told to us. Uh, maybe uh, you develop your, conviction, your, um, your foundations and what you know uh, by learning from books, media, sermons. You read a book and you're like, oh, like, that's why predestination is correct. Or like, oh, that's why free will is correct. Right? And then as you read, as you learn, it kind of shapes how you view scripture, how you view Jesus. Um, or maybe the way that in which our foundation is well-structured or formed is through personal experiences. Right? We have testimonies. We have people that we know where um, amazing things or things were, were done in their life. And I think it's good that we have a, a good balance right, of what is kind of the concrete and what is the main uh, source, I guess, of foundation, as well as what are things that well structures it. Because you don't want a foundation that has all structure and no actual concrete, but at the same time, you don't want a foundation that's just, again, a blob on the ground with no way to work it. And so I think when we reflect and when we think of what is the foundation of our faith, we have to think through right, what helps forms our experiences, our understanding of Scripture, of, of Jesus, and what, he's done, and what uh, Jesus has done. But as we also think about our foundation, I think we have to be honest with ourselves. Right? Perhaps our foundation isn't on Scripture. It's not on Jesus. Um, and although there are good things, right, we have things like community, security, purpose, and that's kind of what acts as the concrete um, like form right, of our foundation, of our understanding, um, of our faith. And again, those are not bad things. Those are good things. But I think ultimately we have to remember Scripture and Jesus and how we view that. If that's not the main foundation, if that's not the concrete that we have to build the foundation of our faith, you know, is it, is it really um, a foundation that helps lead to um, a Christ-centered or a Christ, um, yeah, a Christ-centered life? And so um, maybe as we reflect on our foundations, we see that there were cracks that appeared. Maybe the only time we cared about our foundation or what we believed in was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. When we came to know Christ, the foundation was kind of laid and we just kind of left it there. Right? Hey, 20 years later, I'll, I'll get back to you uh, on that. Right? We haven't been maintaining it. And maybe as we reflect and we come to understand, you know, maybe there were uh, hard circumstances in which God saw things in our foundations that were not of him, that were not... Uh, based on scripture, and there were some times where he had to kind of work on that. He had to renovate it, he had to repair it. So I think we focus, we have to focus and reflect on kind of what is the foundation of our faith, right? What are the experiences, what are the things that's helped mold our faith that kind of uh, when those storms come, that it will withstand well. But it's not only reflection. Again, when we look at the sermon, the main difference is the rock and the sand is the one, the hearers of the word and the doers of the word. And so, uh, for us, I think um, building a good foundation not only requires reflection, again, but it requires action, right? And so I think one example that I can think of where we hear and we don't do anything is um, there are a lot of times where I'll watch uh, sermons by Pastor Steve. Uh, there's one recently that came out by Charlie Dates. And these are great sermons, right? The Word of, the word of God is preached. Great examples, um, great you know, explaining context, great Bible. Everything is there, right? Or maybe it's like a devotional. Right, you're reading a devotional and you're like, wow, this is really, really accurate and this is what I need. But like two minutes later, you're like, all right, that's cool. Um, and you just kind of move on with your life. Right? You hear the word and you don't really do anything with it. And I think when we, again, when we lack that action, then when the storms come, when the rains come, when the floods and when the winds come, 
our foundation is very prone to fall. And so I think uh, for us, as we reflect on our foundation, we also have to reflect on some of the actions that we've taken to help cultivate and to help mold and to structure a good and healthy foundation. And so um, I guess not to just be negative, but positively, right? You can take those same examples. Sometimes there were great sermons and there were great devotionals that we had where we heard the word and we did it. Right? And that's a testimony that we can share. Or that's an experience where though the trials may come, right, we can withstand it. Because there was uh, not only understanding and not only reflection and, and listening, but there was also action that was being done in regards to that. Which leads, I guess, to the next point. Right? And the way that we look at our foundations is, again, what is the foundation of our faith? What are our convictions uh, founded on? Um, and I talk about this because I think foundations seem to be more of like, it's the basis for why we do what we do. And you do have to take action. And a conviction is, there's a very, there's a lot of uh, similarities with it, right? But just as you wouldn't build a straw house on a a great foundation, I think you have uh, a lot of similarities, right? You want uh, material to help uh, complement one another. And convictions, especially when we use it in a Christianese sort of language, uh, it often, it's a belief that leads to an action, Right? And, I mean, Pastor Steve also preached on cultivating soil, which probably would have been super similar to this, so I figured there has to be some sort of uh, difference. Um, But, yeah, when we think of uh, convictions, uh, I think a way that I see it in this passage uh, is, again, it's like the convictions are like the house that's being built, right? There's a lot of similarities uh, with the house and with the foundation, um, and you want to do well to make sure both are created well. And so convictions require both belief and they require both action in that sense. And so... I think some of the difficulties, though, when we think of conviction, again, is we think of the sort of examples that, uh, that I've talked about before, Rockley and the people of the Reformation. But we also, we think about, like, uh, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. We think about it this way, right? The Spirit of the Lord, is, uh, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Right, we think of our convictions in a way where it's like, you know, there's this great way that this happens, right? And a really bad artistic illustration is, it's kind of like this, right? There's this big sort of way that God speaks to us, right? And there's a very dramatic sort of response, right? This is how convictions are built, Right? What do you feel convicted to do? You're at a retreat. Right? What, is, what, is God's, what is the speaker speaking to you about? And you feel a little pressured, and so there has to be this dramatic thing. But that's not always the case. Right? I think oftentimes there's a lot of convictions that come to us just normally. Right? What are some things that we see in Scripture that we're called to do? Uh, an example of this is just evangelizing. Right? If we have a good foundation right, where we know the gospel, right, that we we're separated from God, and then... Uh, Jesus, and then he promises a savior to come. Jesus comes, he dies on the cross, um, he's fully man, fully God, and with that he restores right, um, the relationship that we have with God. And Jesus comes, he resurrects, he overcomes death. Right, we see, um, yeah, and, and that's a very tangible, practical way that isn't always dramatic, but maybe you know, just as you think of your, uh, of your foundation and as you're reminded of the work that God has done in Scripture, then it's like, oh, a practical conviction or a, a belief and action that comes from that is you want to tell that to people, right? And that's where maybe a good and healthy foundation, a good and healthy conviction can form, uh, even though there's no dramatic thing that pushes it, right? Or maybe uh, for a big thing right now, 
right? It's race and justice. Right? And I just want to be clear, uh, I think when we fight for justice, I think whether or not it's like specifically rooted in a Christian conviction versus a non-Christian conviction, I mean, both, ultimately in the end, right, fighting for justice, I think is a good thing. Right? But if we call ourselves to be Christ followers, to be Christians, then, you know, I think it makes sense that uh, we would... Um, yeah, that, that, there, that there is some sort of Christian or some sort of spiritual theological conviction behind it. And so for some of us, maybe that foundation that we build this conviction on to fight for justice um, is based on passages like Proverbs 31.8.9, which is one that's close to my heart. Uh, fight for the rights of the mute, for those who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Right? Um, and I think even though uh, when we fight for, uh, against injustices, uh, like racism, um, sexism, ableism, and all those other things, right? Uh, hopefully, our convictions to, to fight for those things are well-rooted in the foundation that we believe in a God who desires and demands justice uh, from his people. So I think in the ways that we help think of our convictions and as we reflect on our convictions, it's good for us to be able to um, see, you know, are they, are they well-built on also a good foundation, which is why I think you need to focus on both, right? What is your conviction based on? Right, what is the foundation? Are things healthy? Um, and I think there's other things like New Year's resolutions, right? A lot of them generally start off with like good intention. I want to know God more. How do you do that? You read the Bible, right? But maybe the foundation for that is just <laughs> your, your conviction came out of, oh, I think it's a good thing to do, right? And oftentimes when we have convictions that aren't built well, there are storms that come, like you miss a day of working out and you're like, all right, I'll start over January 1st of the next year, right? And it might be January 3rd, right, of the year that you're already on and you're like, whatever, right? And you put it for another time. Um, or for me, I know uh, when I do work, I have this conviction that I want to finish this work, that I want to go to bed on time. I'm going to start my work at 8 o'clock. 7.59 rolls around. That's, oh, I'm squeezing one last video. I'm going to squeeze in one last article. And it's 8.01, and I'm like, all right, I have to start at 9 o'clock because God only blesses, right? 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. He only blesses like by the hour. You, you can't really start in the middle, but I think Right? When we have good foundations that are built on, or good convictions that are built on good foundations, oftentimes uh, is where you know, we see that it will uh, flow well. And uh, I think in this, right, when we reflect and when we think about our convictions, our beliefs that lead to action, uh, I want to encourage us, right, what we see in Scripture is that oftentimes God just doesn't come to random people uh, right away. Um, and just kind of give them, drop this you know, big thing on them and then kind of walk away. Generally, they probably lived a faithful life. They probably had some sort of quality or trait in which um, actions that they took to build upon their character, right, upon their convictions to be X, Y, Z. And maybe it's in that that God, um, God uses those people, right, and that faithfulness and developing their convictions is, where, is the people that God uses. Um, and so I think as we... Uh, revisit, and as we kind of look at our convictions, similarly to our foundation, we have to think through, what are some of the actions I've taken, right? What are, do I have convictions about my faith, right? And maybe we don't have any, and we just, we need a place to start. Um, and so I think there are some ways in which I want to um, help give some practical application, right, for this. If we're uh, thriving in the pandemic, there should be practical application. And so the first one, um, oh yes, small actions lead to big changes, and so for our application, uh, the first one today is we should intentionally schedule time to, um, to reflect on these things, right, on our foundations, on our convictions. Uh, and I would encourage you that when you intentionally reflect, um, I say intentionally because we have all this time during 
quarantine. Generally, for most of us, it's been a slowdown. Um, and we think, oh, we have all this time. I'll get to it sometime. But if we don't intentionally do it, then chances are that time will never come to us. And so I want to say, you know, specifically schedule time and find a way to write it down, right, whether it's a journal or a blog. But if you're not a writer, maybe record yourself on a video and just kind of post it somewhere where only you can see it. Um, or maybe you create art, you create music, right, as you reflect on some of these things. Um, and really, I just recommend you do anything that helps your thought and your reflection go from just in your brain to a tangible way that you can kind of see it. And perhaps there'll be patterns that you see. Perhaps there'll be lost and past convictions that you messed and that you just kind of lost somewhere in between. And uh, you think about it, and it's like, oh, I want to start this back up, right? Before I felt convicted to pray uh, for my family who doesn't know Christ. Uh, I want to pray for this person, that person, right? And you lost that conviction because the storms came, right? But it's not too late. Right? We have hope in the redemption, uh, in the redemptive uh, way that uh, Jesus works in our life. Second way um, is intentionally, hopefully this lines up well, uh, intentionally or actively waiting. And so for some of us, we might reflect on our convictions and we might realize there's no big one conviction that kind of pushes our life. But I think in those times, we might not have that specific one. But there's other things that we're told to do in Scripture, right, that I think all Christians were called to do. Uh, whether, again, that's loving your neighbor and what are ways in which I can live that out in which I have a good understanding of foundation and uh, where I can, that goes from belief to action, right? Um, what are some ways where I can just serve others, right? Where I can, uh, during this time of pandemic, are there opportunities for you to volunteer at a shelter? Are there opportunities where you can serve other people, right? These might not be the main convictions of your life, right? But there's still things that we can always look to and that we can always still do in our desire and in our willingness and in our hope of being you know, faithful Christians. And lastly, um, I think a way that we uh, live out and reflect on our convictions as well as our foundations uh, is intentionally inviting people to help um, or on the flip side, making ourselves available. And so I think while our faith, you know, it has that uh, personal component to it, it has personal responsibility, our faith also has a communal aspect to it as well. And so um, even when we look back at the passage, right, people who build houses don't do it by themselves, right? They invite others to help them build their houses. Perhaps they uh, contract out work to electricians, to people who do flooring, windows. There's this communal effort that's being done to help build a foundation, to help build a house. And so in that same way, I think we as a church, right, invite people or make yourself available to others so that uh, in that process, as we challenge one another, right, um, as we, you know, help one another out, we push each other to take action, we push each, we push uh, each other to maybe uh, find things that um, we alone can't see, right, or other things that God is doing that we can't see. And ultimately, you invite people. And so uh, for me, um, one of the people I talk to is a pastor who is in Detroit right now. His name is Pastor Sam Beck. He preaches and is the pastor of Harvest Mission Community Church. Um, he's also my brother, uh, my older brother. Uh, and so for him, he is not shy in challenging me, right, in what are my convictions, he, he agrees with me on a lot of things, but he'll still push me, hey, think through this, hey, do this, hey, do this, right? In a way to help me to reflect, in a way to help me to revisit a lot of these things, are, is my actions, are what I'm doing based on good foundations, right? Are these strong beliefs that I know I can cling to when the times are rough, when the storms come, right? And I'm thankful for my brother, right? But not all of us come from families where our siblings are pastors, Right? Many of us, we might come from families who aren't Christian. Right? Then I would say, right, the people that you invite into your life, maybe it's your church family. 
Um, I didn't get his permission to share this, but I'm accountability partners with Young Lee. Um, he's a good brother of mine in the church. And um, that man has seen me through my, the process of developing my conviction for seminary, as well as other convictions that I have. He's seen me through every single week where apparently I have like the extreme difference or like I go from extremes and what I should do with my life. Right? And he's the one that kind of settles me down. Right? And this is what I kind of hear as he's speaking. It's like, hey, like stop committing to so many things and figure out what your priorities are. What are your convictions? What are they based on? And share with me so I can keep you accountable to these things. Right? Um, so again, the way in which we uh, reflect and as we think through and as we uh, kind of revisit our convictions, our foundations, um, are by intentionally scheduling time to actually do that work, to reflect, uh, to take action, big or small, right, to help develop those convictions, help develop the foundation and work on it. Um, and lastly, inviting people to help. Uh, and so um, for closing, I just want to share a quick testimony of mine. Um, and it's, um, it's my testimony of even coming to LGM. And so to give a little bit of explanation, um, I accepted Christ kind of late into high school. It was the summer before my senior year. And, um, you know, I was just trying to find out what am, I, what am I supposed to do with my faith. I know a lot of stuff because I've been to church my whole life, but how do I structure it? Um, and uh, throughout my undergrad years, I went, to the, I went to Harvest Mission Community Church in Ann Arbor. Uh, I love the church. I, I, I've loved the church. I love that church now. Um, and I don't hesitate recommending people to go there. Um, and I think that's where, that, that is the place in which God really did a lot of work on my foundation. What did I believe? Did I act it out? Right? Is that strong? Uh, and there was, in that four and a half years, or technically five, I guess five years, there was so much work that God did. Um, and then uh, the summer before my last year of harvest, I was serving at a camp, MCKC Youth Camp, and I just had this image of a united Korean church. And it was, it was just this really beautiful image. Um, and what kind of came with it was this small sort of opinion or belief, like, David, go back to the Korean church and serve the youth. Um, and I was like, no. <laughs> uh, I love Harvest. It's, it's where the, form, the foundation of my faith was made. Um, but more and more, that belief kind of came back. That conviction just slowly started to build. And so I think when I started to take it seriously, I talked to my brother about it. I invited people into my life, and they were like, yeah, write it down. Does your pro- thought process cohere? In your life, can you see steps in which God has been like, leading you to this point? Does it make sense? Is it coherent? Um, so I did, and more or less it was. Right? I asked other people, um, and some of them were almost too quick to say, yeah, I think this is true. You should go to that church. And I was like, do you want me to leave? Like, what the? Um, but, you know, again, there was people who affirmed it. Right? And so in that, the beliefs kind of started to build. That conviction started to build. Uh, and then I finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to this pastor. Um, and I was like, Pastor Steve, can I meet up with you? I was like, hey, I don't know how to explain this, but I think God wants me to go back to the Korean youth and to serve them. Uh, can I serve in your youth group? I'm not going to join your church for another year. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, no one's ever really talked to me about this, but I mean, sure. Um, and so Pastor Steve, being the gracious man that he is, allowed me to join the youth group for a little bit, kind of get to know the kids. Um, and I was able to join for a few months, um, just kind of getting to know them, kind of taking those small little steps of faith, taking action right in my belief. Um, and I think just as I did that, um, that conviction grew. And eventually, I transitioned to LGM. Uh, and when I came to LGM, there were more storms that came in my life. There were more rains, floods, and winds. Uh, pride was a big one. Uh, I came into church, and I thought I had a view of what a Christian should be like. And I walked in, and I was like, the heck is this? And like, I saw people. I judged so much, right? And there was this so much pride and contempt in me. 
right? And there were times where I just wanted to go to people and just be like, yo, what's wrong with you, right? Like, why are you doing the things that you do? Why are you the way you are? And like, look to Jesus. And there was multiple times that Pastor Steve also had to sit me down. He was like, hey, bro, um, hey, brother, like, I love you, uh, but uh, like, you have to have a relationship with people first before you, before you rebuke them, right? You have to, they have to welcome you into their life. Um, and another one of my convictions was like, submit to authority in the church. Um, so long as they're not abusive. And so I was like, okay, Pastor Steve, like, I'm going to submit to what you're saying. I'm not going to rebuke people because um, that's not loving. Um, but slowly, right, those storms came. But ultimately, as I continued to take steps of faith, as I continued to serve, as I continued to just learn and submit, uh, I think the storms came. But the foundation, because I saw God had been growing it and had been kind of working on it, right, uh, when those storms came, I was still able to stand, I was still able to um, and I've been here four years since. My conviction to serve the youth um, in the Korean church, um, it's only grown. And uh, so long as God will allow me, uh, I will do all I can to serve in the Korean church. And so I think, yeah, there are practical ways. We have all this time right, where we can think and reflect on the foundation of our faith as well as the convictions that we've had. Um, and hopefully it's, um, uh, we're able to find ways in which we can uh, you know, take steps to glorify God, to build and to grow and to grow more firm in our foundations and our convictions. And so uh, with that, praise man, uh, can you come on up? Um, and I just want to end this sermon today uh, just by uh, encouraging you. Um, for now, and I would say for some week, try to intentionally make some time to reflect on what has God done in your life, right? How have you been able to respond? What is your understanding of Scripture? Kind of reflect on these things and hopefully, you know, the church body, uh, our LGM, will grow to be a healthier church. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, let's pray to ourselves for, some, uh, for a little bit of time. I'll close with prayer, and then uh, it will kind of be passed on to the worship team. And so let's take some time to pray. So dear Lord, uh, we just thank you again for this day. We thank you uh, that uh, you are a God that um, that tells us, hey, right, share my word and do it. You give us instructions and I pray, uh, Lord, may we be a people who respond in a way where, yeah, we do take that, uh, that command and that uh, warning seriously. You know, may we be a people who are reflective of the things that we believed, of the things that we have done. Um, and may we take, may we not just be hearers of your word, um, but Lord, may we be hearers and doers of your word both so that our faith will be built on a foundation, we'll have convictions that are well-rooted in both hearing and action. Um, and Lord, may we be a people who, who live out um, our desire to be your church uh, wherever we are. And so, Lord, we thank you. Uh, we pray that you'll be with us the rest of this week. In your name we pray. Amen.